Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the JP Money Podcast. Today's episode is about compound interest. Compound interest is, and I'm quoting investopedia.com here, it refers to the phenomenon whereby the interest associated with a bank account loan or investment increases exponentially rather than linearly. Compound interest is really one of the major concepts that led me to focusing on my finances more when I realized how powerful it was. In fact, Albert Einstein or potentially Benjamin Franklin, I'm not real sure which one, one of them said that it was the eighth wonder of the world and that whoever understands it earns it and whoever doesn't pays it. So let's learn a little bit more about compound interest today. And so I told you in the introduction that understanding compound interest was one of the first things that drew me to keeping a closer eye on my finances. This started for me about seven or eight years ago. And not only did he have my back on the court that night, uh, he had my back just in life by introducing me to the concept of compound interest. And Mark said something that still sticks with me today. He said, Jordan, if you just open up a Roth IRA and you can stick 300 bucks a month in there, you'll be a millionaire by the time you retire. And when he said that, I was a little bit confused because I started doing numbers in my head, $300 a month, you know, over uh, over a year, that's only going to be $3,600 per year. And then if I worked for 30 years, that was only going to be a little over $100,000 that I had saved. And of course, as a naive 22-year-old or so, I didn't really understand interest or compound interest. And so I really thought Mark was wrong and didn't really think much of it until he explained compound interest to me. And I have to also give credit to uh, my brother-in-law, Andy. Andy also told me, you know, Jordan, at your age, you know, you have to open up a Roth IRA. Uh, if you can just stick a thousand dollars in there right now, it's going to be worth a lot more than a thousand dollars in 20, 30, 40 years. And then he said, I'll even give you the thousand dollars just to get it started for you. I didn't take him up on that. But shortly after talking with Mark and with Andy, uh, I got one of these things opened up to be able to get my Roth IRA started. It's been maybe eight or nine years now that I've had it open. And I've already started to see the impact of compound interest. So we'll talk more about different types of places to put investments, such as a Roth IRA, to be able to grow and earn compound interest. Uh, but that's an episode for another day. As I've told you before, one of the reasons why I started the JP Money Podcast was to share things that I've learned in my past 10 years or so uh, since I've gotten out of college. And so I want to be like Mark and I want to be like Andy and tell other people about some of these things they should be doing 
financially or at least think about doing to set their future selves up for success. So if you're ever rolling through Lansing, Michigan, you see the Lansing Parks and Rec building, go in there, find Mark, give him a high five from me because I'm super thankful for him. Same for Andy Joseph. If you're ever rolling through Nashville, Michigan, not Nashville, Tennessee, he probably wishes he worked there. He's a big country guy. But if you ever roll through and see Carl's Supermarket, he's the owner of uh, that grocery store. Give him a high five for me too. And so the thing that I love most about compound interest is that you earn it by doing nothing. You earn it just by being patient. Yeah, this allows me to make money while I sleep. And there's no better way to make money than to be sleeping and making money. I mean, there's a lot of people that would love to do that. Realistically, one of my biggest financial goals in life is to earn $38,000 throughout the course of a year by doing nothing. Okay. And so I'll break down that math in a little bit uh, to show how I hope to do that one day. And the reason why I want to earn $38,000 is because that was my first salary when I was pretty naive to money. When I was first hired into Bath Community Schools, working as a teacher in 2014, I worked my butt off. I mean, that was a tough year. And my student teaching year, the year before that, was tough as well. So it was back-to-back challenging years. And I got hired in as a sixth grade English teacher. Okay, I'm talking 11-year-olds. If you've ever spent eight-hour days, five days a week for 10 months out of the year teaching 11-year-olds, you can probably relate and understand what I'm talking about. Uh, and if you can, you know, just wait till you have kids and they get to be that age if, if that's the path you want to choose. Those 11-year-olds are bouncing off the walls. Okay, my kids, I remember they used to argue coming into my classroom about who was going to turn the lights on and off. And I, it got to the point where I had to set up a sign-up sheet to see who could actually sign in uh, and have the right to turn on the lights in the classroom. 11-year-olds, they, they argue about anything. But they also are a good time, too. They get excited about just about anything. Okay, they would see how tall I was. And, uh, you know, they would just want to ask me if I was a professional basketball player. Or you know, when I told them I went to Michigan State, they assumed that I was uh, an athlete there and Uh, That was not the case. I was not an athlete at Michigan State, but 11-year-olds, they'll they'll believe just about anything. So when I always thought about earning interest, I assumed that uh, that was always calculated with simple interest. If you know that your interest rate is 10% and you have $1,000, then you know that at the end of the year, uh, if you put that $1,000 in up front, you would have an additional $100 that you earn from your simple interest. And then for each additional year, you'd earn another 10% on that original $1,000. So you get an additional $100 added to your total balance year after year. That's called simple interest. There's plenty of loans that work that way. Many mortgages work that way. And when Mark and Andy told me about compound interest, I realized that, oh, my money makes money. And the money that I made from my money makes money. And the longer you stay invested the more time compound interest has to work its magic. And that was pretty powerful for me. Okay, so in the example Mark gave me, Jordan, if you just stuck $300 into a Roth IRA per month over the next 30 years, you'll be a millionaire. His math was actually a little bit off, and we're going to give Mark some grace on this. Okay, we're going to forgive him because... As I said, I'm not a math teacher. I make a lot of mathematical mistakes. The grand total at a 6% interest rate over 30 years 
would have been just over $300,000. Now, it's possible that Mark was using some different rate of return. Okay, maybe he knows some hot insider trading stock tip that I'm not aware of, and he was planning on getting a 15 or 20% return. But at 6%, you'd end up with just over $300,000. Now, the beauty of that is that, according to my calculator here, the contributions I would have made, the money that I would have taken out of pocket, 300 bucks per month and put in here over 30 years, would be about $108,000, which means that the rest of the $193,000 is all made from growth, from compound interest, from just spending time in the market and letting it do its thing. And that's the best way to make money. If you can make money while you're sleeping, you're going to be very healthy, wealthy, and wise later on in life. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> So when I talk about compound interest, I'm talking about interest earned on interest. To make the math easy, if we had $1,000 of initial investment and we earned 10% on that, at the end of the year, your total investment value would be $1,100. Now with simple interest, the following year, if you left it in there for two years, you would earn an additional $100 on that initial $1,000 investment. So you'd have $1,200. But with compound interest, you're earning interest not just on the initial investment, but on the initial investment plus the interest earned in the previous year. So I'm actually earning interest on $1,100 in year two rather than just $1,000, as is the case with simple interest. So after year two, the total value would be $1,210, okay? And after year three, with compound interest, it would be worth $1,331, and you did nothing. You did not add any money to this account. You just let compound interest do its work. Now, that might not seem like much. It's only an additional, you know, $10, $20 here, there in the beginning of the investment. But when you compound this over time, it makes a, a ginormous difference. Okay. So in that same example I just gave you, if you left the money in there for 30 years, that initial $1,000 would be worth $17,449. Okay. That's why Andy was so adamant about, hey, Jordan, I'll, I'll lend you $1,000 and just put it in the Roth IRA for you so we can earn interest on that, earn compound interest, because it's worth so much more in the future. Now, of course, uh, there are other things working against you with time, like inflation is going to eat away at that. I said 10% rate of return. There's no guarantee that that will happen. It could be a couple of percentage you know, points. It could be, could be negative. You just don't know. But this example shows you a little bit about how important compound interest is. So one exercise I like to do is I like to, I've downloaded an app on my phone. It's just called Compound Interest. It's free. And anytime I'm thinking about making a purchase, I first recognize the future value of the money that I'm spending. Okay. So if, if you're a high schooler and you're in math class and you hear your teacher start talking about future value and how to calculate it, your ears should perk up and you should 100% pay attention to that and use it for future purchases. So FV, future value, equals PV, the present value, okay? And that's multiplied by, in parentheses, one plus I, which is the interest rate, 
when I calculate compound interest, I like to use a 6% interest rate. Okay. It's not perfect. Could be more than that. Could be less than that. That's what I like to choose. It's it's a little conservative. It should beat inflation and should be a reasonable amount over a long period of time to expect in returns. But if you listen to other people, they might tell you 8% or 9% or 10%. Uh, that's just a little too ambitious in my opinion. And I like to keep it conservative. So 6% rate of return raised to N, which is the number of years you expect it to compound. Okay. So a very simple mathematical calculation. So in my case, it'd be 1.06, okay, raised to N number of years. I like to use 30 years because I'm just over 30 years old. 30 years now, I'll be 61, 62. Gives me a good idea of what it's looking like in, in my 60s. And then, you know, times the present value. So how much money there is now, okay? So for instance, I'm going on a vacation. Uh, actually, by the time you're listening to this, I'm probably already on vacation. And my wife and I are staying in an Airbnb. We're camping for a couple of days. We plan on going to a concert. Okay, so let's say that we expect to spend $2,000 in total. That's the present value of the money that we're spending, $2,000. If I run it through that future value over 30 years at a 6% interest rate, that math adds up to $11,486, okay, 30 years from now. So I like to just remind my wife when we're deciding to do things like this, like we're going to go on a $2,000 vacation, it doesn't just cost us $2,000 because of our age still being relatively young, okay? Okay, bullies stay away from me. Stop making me feel like I'm old. True future value of that $2,000 is really over $11,000. So long story short, we're going on an $11,000 vacation here this upcoming week. Should be fun. One reason I like that future value calculation is because it's very easy to do. Okay. There's another compound interest calculation that's a little bit more in depth and there's a bunch of different uh, terms or periods that the money could be compounded. It could be compounded continuously, daily, monthly, annually. That can throw off the calculations a little bit for purposes of these very simple mathematical calculations and simple personal finance decisions. I just like to use compounded annually. Uh, it's the easiest way to do the math. Um, and it gives you a relatively good idea, of course, with risk and fluctuations, but approximately how much, mo how much the future value of your money would be given the predicted interest rate and duration of the investment. And one other just really quick formula I like to use. It's called the rule of 72. Okay. This is where you take the number 72 and you divide it by your expected interest rate. So I like to use six. That tells you the amount of time your principal balance will take to, to double. Okay. So for instance, if I take 72, I divide it by six as my predicted interest rate, you get 12. That means it's going to take 12 years uh, for your investment principal balance to double. If you have $10,000 and you plan on gambling it all away in Las Vegas, having a good time at the, at the Bellagio, okay, that's your choice. You can do that. But if you would have invested it into a 6% rate of return, which again is can be conservative. Some people would think of that as a conservative amount. In 12 years, your money would have doubled. So instead of having $0 in 10 years from gambling it all away in Las Vegas, 
you would have $20,000. Your money would be doubled. That's called the rule of 72. Another, if you expected your interest rate to be 10, then that means 72 divided by 10 is 7.2. Every 7.2 years, your money would double. Now you might be thinking, Jordan, isn't the stock market kind of risky? I mean, I've been seeing in the news lately that the stock market's been declining and that we're going into a recession. There's a lot of scary things out there. And that's true. But what's more scary is looking at the history of the stock market and how over long periods of time, it almost always goes up. Okay. If you have a very short time horizon that you're investing, then yeah, it is. It's a very risky instrument to be involved in. But if you have a long time horizon, uh, you have reason to believe that the uh, American stock market and the global stock market will continue to rise in due time. Okay. So I always like to say that time in the market is more important than timing the market. A lot of people have lost money by sitting on the sidelines, being scared to invest rather than just getting started and jumping in. Yes, you might lose money this year. Yes, you might lose money next year. Okay. You might lose money over the next five years. But once you start going beyond five years, the statistics are heavily in your favor that you will earn money. And the other thing that will really hurt you is inflation. It's actually more risky to not put money in the stock market because if you let it sit in a uh, a savings account, a high yield savings account online, which is about one of the best safe you know, returns you can get right now for holding cash, it's going to be about 1%. And like I said, conservatively over the long term, the stock market should earn you closer to 6%. And so if inflation right now, it's crazy, but you know a more normal inflation rate, rate might be anywhere from 1% to 3%. If you're not involved in the stock market, invested in the stock market, your purchasing power is declining because inflation is eating away at your money. Another great piece of advice that I've heard is an old Chinese proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So if you don't have a large time horizon ahead of you, that's okay. Starting now is significantly better than starting five or 10 years ago, no matter how old you are. Wait a minute. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. So this is why if you click on in Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to this to the JP money podcast, you click on the account and you scroll down to my episodes to the very first episode I did. It's titled budgeting. Okay. If you do a budget, you can try to work in any type of savings rate to get you started on investing so you can earn compound interest. Okay. And my goal for me personally, and I would love to see everybody else be doing this as well, is to get 20% of your income, your annual income into long-term investments. Now, that might be very fearful for some of you. You might hear that and go, whoa, there's no way. All right. I've only got X amount of dollars coming in this month. I've got three kids at home I got to take care of. I've got a big house payment. Uh, my car's breaking down. I'm going to have to get that fixed. I'm trying to put food on the table. Inflation is out of control. So groceries cost twice as much right now as they felt like they cost at this time last year. I just can't do this. So that's where I just really encourage you to listen to that budgeting episode. Sit down with yourself or an accountability partner or your spouse if you're married, your family members, and figure out how to get some money into investments. Might mean selling your, selling your car. 
It might mean getting on Facebook Marketplace and selling a whole bunch of stuff you don't use anymore. This is a good opportunity to look at your budget and see how much money you frivolously spend that does not allow you to invest. Okay. Maybe there's some subscriptions to some magazines. Okay. That you don't really read anymore. Maybe you were reading up on Sports Illustrated because you were following the NHL playoffs, seeing the Colorado Avalanche go to work. And now that's done and you're not interested in Sports Illustrated anymore. Cancel it. Okay. Maybe you got a Costco membership because you were going to go, you were going to go all out. You were going to go ball out in the produce section, buy a bunch of bulk produce from Costco. And now you can't do that because you don't have the money because you're not investing, okay? So maybe you got to get rid of the Costco membership. Maybe you wanted to joyride around on the aisles on some of their big carts, all right? Figure out where you can cut expenses to be able to open up areas for long-term investing. And like I said, please don't be discouraged when I say have a 20% savings rate. I mean, for you, it might be 5%. If you're already at 5%, it might be trying to get to 10%. If you're already at 10%, it might be getting to 15%. Okay, try to just get a little bit better. Try to make a little bit more space in that budget to free up some money to invest. I have not always had a 20% savings rate. It's fluctuated a ton. In fact, when my wife and I were paying off debt, when we first got married, our savings rate was basically zero. Maybe you made a New Year's resolution to turn a new leaf and start exercising and you got a big fancy gym membership and now you're no longer exercising and using it. Well, then get your money back and start investing it instead. So one of the best things about compound interest is also one of the worst things. I said that your money grows not linearly, but exponentially. And the same thing happens when you take out debt and you have a large interest rate on that debt in particular, your money is going to be compounding against you. Your debt burden is going to be compounding against you. And so this is why I always recommend getting out of debt, uh, getting uh, yourself particularly out of consumer debt uh, and being responsible about the debt that you take on. I'm really not all that anti-debt. I've used it myself. I've had terrible decisions with taking out loans. And then I've made some that weren't that bad. I took out a car loan uh, to finance a little bit of one of my vehicle purchases. And I paid that off after the three years, the amount of loan that I took out. And now I've had the car for an additional five years and it's been fantastic. And I'm hoping to get a few more years out of it. And so that car loan, I didn't think at that point in time in my life, and now looking back on it, really did a whole disservice to me. It's worked out very nicely. Now, on the flip side, though, I took out a student loan for a lot of money and took me several years to pay back until I got serious about it. And a lot of those initial payments, a big chunk of them were just going towards interest. And so uh, getting rid of debt, clearing that out of your way, uh, can really help you to start using compound interest in your favor instead of against you. This can be not only is that money that you can't use to earn money for you and in, by investing it, but it also earns compound interest that makes your debt burden even larger. So if you take out a $3,000 loan, depending on your interest rate, sometimes the amount of money that you pay is actually far more than $3,000. Sometimes it might even be more than $3,000 additional dollars. Some people pay more in interest than they do on principal with the different loans they take out. So you just have to be really careful about that. And one big factor that goes into your interest loan rate, your interest rate on your loan is your credit score. And I'll talk about that in a different episode with different ways or strategies to improve your 
credit score and how that's calculated. If you can responsibly manage debt um, and pay all of your bills on time, then your your credit score, you want to be able to keep that as strong as possible. So when you do get in a situation where you have to take out a loan or you want to take out a loan, you can get the best possible interest rate. So one additional factor that I had never really thought about was you know, you earn all this compound interest in your different investment vehicles. And then when you retire, whether it's 50, 60, whatever, you start pulling the money out. And I thought like compound interest was just done then, but that's not how it works. You're only withdrawing from retirement accounts what you're using that year. Okay. And we talked a little bit about tax strategies in a previous episode. Uh, And so the money, you know, just when you turn 60 years old and you retire or whatever age it is, Compound interest isn't done. You're going to be leaving the majority of your money inside that account and only withdrawing what you need. So it's still earning. Your interest is still earning interest throughout your 60s and 70s and 80s until the time you pass away, uh, which is it's a really good thing because, as I said, time in the market is more important than timing the market. Okay, this is a big reason why Warren Buffett is so wealthy. Okay, yeah, he's the best stock picker to ever play the game, but he's also like 80 years old. He's been playing the game for like 60 years. And so compound interest, one of the biggest factors that has, you know, that benefits you there is the time. All right. So if you're young, start putting away money now. So in closing, I just want to reiterate that a large majority of wealthy people understand the power of compound interest and use it in their favor. And it can be intimidating for people because the stock market fluctuates and that's the primary vehicle that drives many different types of investments. Okay. If you go listen to my episode, Investing 101, you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, I was golfing a couple of days ago with a friend, Dan, and uh, we're in Marshall, Michigan. We're playing this beautiful course, Emerald Hills. And Dan's a lot better golfer than me, uh, as are most people. Uh, just in life in general, no matter how old you are or no matter how long you've played golf for, you're probably better than me. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation by people who've heard me. That good. Just doesn't go well, usually. Uh, but there was one hole, it was a par five, uh, where Dan and I tied each other, okay? We both got bogeys. And... It was really interesting because Dan had hit his drive really well, stayed on the fairway. He took, you know, one of his irons, hit it up really close to the green. He chipped on, uh, but his chip went into the sand, okay, off to the side of the green. And then he had to chip it out of there. That took him an extra stroke. He missed his putt, made a second, turned into a bogey, okay? So it was a beautiful start. And then it was kind of rough there before he finished it off. Now me, I went my drive as it does every single time, go straight for about 50 yards. And then it just cuts to the right. I'm a right-handed player and ends up way off in the side of the, the rough off to the side of the fairway. And it's in the middle of a bunch of trees. And so I have to try to chip out of the trees back out onto the fairway so I can have a clear shot at the green because I'm not good at golf but I'm solid with my hybrid. Okay. I have a hybrid half iron, half wood. It's like 200 yards and straight every single time. Okay. So I got it back out onto the fairway and then I hit it 200 yards and straight landed on the green. I'm a God awful putter. So I three putt the thing and Dan and I had the same result, but we had totally different paths to get there. He was smooth and straight in the beginning, rough ending. I was rough in the beginning 
okay in the middle, made up for it with a hybrid shot, and then was terrible at the end. And that's a lot like uh, investing and earning compound interest. It's not a clear linear path, okay? But over the long term, statistically, this will work out in your favor if you can put money into investments. There's actually not a better time to get started investing than right now. A lot of people think this is a terrible time. The stock market's down. It's Things are going southward. I don't feel good about the, the future couple of years of, of our economy here. And that might all be true, but it's a lot better to buy them now than it was a year ago because it's down. You're getting stocks on sale. And they might go further down and they might not. But um, this is a great time to get started because you're going to have a weird, quirky path, but your final result will be similar the longer you can get this money invested. So uh, that's it for today. That's compound interest. Good luck. And thanks for listening to this. Now, I just want to circle back to something I said earlier in this episode, that it's one of my personal financial goals to be able to earn $38,000 a year in interest to you know match my first salary that I had. And of course, $38,000 in 2014 has a much different purchasing power than it will in 2030 or 2040 or whenever I reach that goal. But I, I told you that I'd circle back and so I wanted to, to do that. Okay, So if I take $38,000 and I plug that into a calculator and I times it by 25, that gives me $950,000. So if I can get $950,000 into investment accounts, then it is relatively safe to assume that I can withdraw 4% of $950,000, which is, you guessed it, $38,000, and that my investments will last throughout my retirement years. And so that's a powerful number to me. When I hit 950K, which who knows how long that'll take me, that will be a significant number emotionally for me because I worked so hard to earn $38,000. And then hopefully I get to the point one day where I can sleep for the whole year and earn $38,000 because that's what compound interest does. Okay. Now, if you know me, you know I'm not interested in sleeping for the entire year. I'm a pretty hyper guy. I like to be involved and do different things and, and play sports and get out and about. The idea is not to have to work incredibly hard to earn the money, but to have already worked really hard and now your investments are doing the work for you. And if you go back and listen to the episode, Financial Freedom, Dream Big, you'll see what I'm talking about and how I came up with 4% rule and drawing that money out of my account. And another good thing to remember, it might seem like, hey, he wants to make or have $950,000 saved. That's such a daunting number. That's so much money. I'm on a teacher's salary. You have to remember that on the way up, you're earning compound interest as well. It's not a smooth sailing ride to 950K, obviously. There's going to be some bumps along the way and maybe some very large bumps or, or crashes. Okay. But when I say I hope to get $950,000 into these accounts, that doesn't mean I put away $950,000. It might mean I put away $500,000 or $400,000 and compound interest and time in the market did the rest of that work for me to help me get there. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan here, the host of the JP Money Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with others if you found it useful or helpful. And remember, this is not intended to be financial advice. You should consult a professional financial advisor 
to help you run the numbers and look at your own personal financial situation. Thank you.